so that they have looked at us and they are pitying us that we have spent money. They can see we are now broke. And that we can't even go home. So out of the 200 naira, he took 20 naira and gave back to us that we should use that one for transportation back home. But that is a loan. Oh, you've not heard the gist now. They say it's a loan. That 20 naira, you will pay it. We're just lending you for today, since we can see now that we have finished all your money. We've collected everything you came with. That meanwhile, you, young groom, that money, I borrowed it from your father-in-law to give to you. You know, you gave, your father paid her father 200 naira. This is part of the 200 naira. So you will return it. Do you understand? Yes, sir. This is a custom. Anything you do for your in-laws after that day is part of that 20 naira. You can never finish paying back. If you get up one day, go to Mercedes-Benz and collect a Maybach 600. That's a luxury limo, Mercedes-Benz. And you say, Daddy, Maybach, I gave it and brought this to you as a present for the wife that you gave me many years ago. He will thank you very much, shake you, bless you. But the law is that that's part of the 29. <laughs> Even though this is a hundred million naira you have spent on a car, it doesn't matter. Now, you know why I'm saying all of these things? I just want to derive something from it. So it's a, it's a very interesting culture. So the truth is that if you marry an Yoruba girl, you never finish paying. Just to enlighten you about There are different cultures, all right? <laughs> now, you know why I told that story? Because it's very interesting. That is how we are with God. We can never finish paying. What he has done for us is so much, it is impossible to finish paying. You don't have any credit. You are in, you are in debt all the time. Are you, I don't know what I get my point. What he has done is so much, no matter what you do, you can't finish paying. While you are paying, the ability to be alive to pay for that day cannot be paid up in the next 10 years. Because if God gives the cost of a heartbeat and a breath you take, this is can be... Listen, I know enough spiritual things and material things to join the two together and give you the truth. That thing can be converted to physical value. Yes, God can sit you down and you see the calculation and you see you tell that one heartbeat is $50 million. You say, how come? He will show you the covalent bond inside it Compare it to the ions inside gold and tell what's the current price of gold. When you calculate, see, this is what it cost me to make your heart beat twice. That's when you know that Bill Gates is poor. That is when you will know <laughs> that um, Facebook, what's his name? That's when you know that Mark Zuckerberg is owing God. Even if he were to give everything he has today, he will still be owing. Because to go to the bank and withdraw it, the amount of money God spent, the whole value of Facebook can't pay. Let Christians understand that. You must never ever get it into your mind that you have credit with God. You don't. If you wait, in fact, if, should we talk about your sin? Let's not talk about it. Because forgiveness has a real value. Forgiveness is not, forget about it. No, it's not forget about it. If somebody, if I'm driving on the way and you come, take your, okay, little boy, wraps a stone, playing with his friend, smashes my windscreen. 
And he prostrates and says, sorry, sir, my father must not know I threw a stone. So I said, don't worry, go. That forgiveness is not free. That forgiveness is the cost of me going to care, asking them how much the glass is, and then replacing it. That is the cost of forgiving that boy. For every amount of iniquity you have generated into the atmosphere that Jesus wiped away, you can't pay him back. <laughs> you can't. That is why every day, what do we do? We just thank the Lord. We wave our hands. This morning, my wife and I went to have breakfast. I said, baby, I want to thank God for 20 things. She had done, Father, I thank you in Jesus' name. I started eating. I said, I want to thank God for 20 things. I was there counting everything. Thank you for the roof. Thank you for the fact because we drove out to go and buy some things. For the safety in driving and coming back. I have my wife sitting on the dining table with me. And we are eating together in peace. I thank God for everything. Thank God for the children. That's the only thing you can do. That's the only thing you can do. As per pay, you cannot. Why am I saying this again? So that Christians, when you give, don't even think you have credit. Because without that, we don't understand the economy of God well. You have no credit with him. You're too much in debt. If he sits down and starts calculating... You cannot ever pay. So what he did is he paid by himself. He said, let's not do accounts. You come and say thank you. When I give you a job to do, do it. If I send a hundred million dollars into your hand and I say, do it, use it like this. Take it that you are, not, you are on assignment from me. Don't come back home and say, God, I have given, multiply. The only thing God multiplies is faithfulness. What do I mean by faithfulness? If you show yourself to be faithful, he gives you more to do. When you are faithful in prison, or first in the house of Potiphar, then you can rule over a kingdom. When he gave meanness to those men and said, do business in Luke chapter 19, 19 until I come back, what did he say to them? He said, you be in charge of ten cities. He never said, now nah, I dash you ten cities. You are not a kingdom of your own. He said, be in charge of my own ten cities. They are mine. I just put you in charge. That is Christianity we are discussing. I hope you are getting my point here. That's how we relate with God. I'm talking about the economy of God. What the world does is to teach us its economy and people invest in it. They invest in it and they hope in it. And I'm teaching today, if you want to have total faith for finances, I'm teaching on how to prepare for your old age. I'm teaching on how to bless your children. The things that people do with material things, we do them by faith. Our heaven is not imaginary. Our heaven is real. Our heaven is not imaginary. It is real. It's not something we use to pacify ourselves. That when when I die, I'm going somewhere. No, we are saying that is where the Heavenly Father is today. And that is where he said, I should lay up my treasure. The treasure of the believer is faith. Yeah, oh, that's the treasure of the believer. If you see when the Bible talks about gold, and it's talking about Christians, it's always talking about their faith. Their faith. They go to challenges, go to trials, it says so that their faith might be pure as gold. The treasure we have is faith. And what we do is to lay up that treasure in heaven. And that's okay, but Jesus said, give, you have treasure in heaven. Let me explain something to you. You must understand it. Material things... A killer of faith. They kill faith. 
I'll prove it to you. The Lord Jesus looked and said, that is, it is easier for a camel to pass through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter into the kingdom. It was the Lord Jesus that said it. That thing has been very difficult for people to understand. Some came and said it was literal. I just one man I listened to. I read his, some of his materials. I'm on his mailing list. I read some of his books. He said it is literal. It means a rich man can never enter the kingdom. Because a camel cannot pass through the eye of a needle. Let me just digress briefly. I teach not only everybody, but I also teach teachers. So teachers, I need to help you sometimes with things God has taught me over time. Be careful when you say Jesus said things literally. You must be careful. Because there are many things he said. You can see, obviously, it wasn't literal. Let me prove that to you. He said, you strain, you strain out a gnat and you swallow a camel. Have you ever seen a Pharisee swallow a camel? Think about it. Is it possible to swallow a whole camel? Did he, did he ever swallow a camel? But he said to them, you people are straining out a tiny insect. That is, you know what, to, to strain something, pour it through a sieve. Say, no, I can't drink this. He has some small, tiny insects inside. Say, yet when you see a camel, you swallow it. That tells you, that is figurative. He said, you remove the log from your eyes. Nobody puts a literal log in the eyes. They can't see at all. The Lord was speaking in, you know, figurative terms. He said, remove the log from your eyes. Then you'll be able to see the speck in your brother's eyes. So, that tells us it's figurative. Some say, now, I'm, I'm back to the issue of camel and... Um, and the eye of a needle. I'll tell you two things. Well, I've told you one. Some say this is literal. Since a camel cannot pass through the eye of a needle, it means therefore the rich man can never enter the kingdom. Which we'll look at in a moment, whether it was literal like that. The other school of thought which I've, I heard before is that in the gates of the temple, just like, I don't know how many of you are, okay, Nigerians, we don't have that kind of love for animals. When we were young, there was one missionary woman that lived in our estate, just in the house next to ours. I remember then she cut a hole in her door, a small hole. Why? She said so that her cat can go in and come out. Of course, if you handle cats, <clears throat> just by the way, if you, do, if you have cats, you have to do that. Your cat must be able to go in and come out. So you find a place... When we were young then, we, I remember we had a cat, so we tore a hole in our net, all right, and passed the cat through there manually a few times until it learnt it. So it will climb, pass through that hole, and then jump out. If you don't do that, the cat is going to mess you up inside the house. Now, why am I telling this story? To let you know that that small hole, that they, ha- they used to have things like that in the gates of cities those days. The gates of a city, like, they are, for security reasons, you locked it during the, uh, during the night. You don't want any enemy to come and attack. So every gate had smaller gates inside it, which you could open and let single persons in and out. Now, if you come back home late, maybe you, you went on a journey, if you're on your own, they could open that small gate in the big gate, that small door in the big gate for you, all right, to let you in. The only problem is that if you have an animal with you, it can't pass through. Because it's only a very small door. You kind of have to bend 
Because they have soldiers guarding. They recognize you. They just open that one. Only one person comes in. Then they lock it back. So if you have an animal with you, the animal has to go flat on the ground. The camel actually has to crawl. And if it has luggage, the luggage is not passing through. So you have to remove, you have to offload the luggage. The camel goes down on the ground. And then you guide it in gently. That gate was called the eye of a needle. It existed. All right? It existed. Now, the argument some people have is that, was that what Jesus was talking about? He was talking about the literal eye of a needle, to use in his own illustration. Now, I don't know. I really don't want to argue as if I know which one. But those are the two things you hear people talk about. I am convinced, all right? However, that Jesus was not being literal. Why? Because I saw that time to use a camel and it was not being literal. So he wasn't saying a, 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 a rich man can never enter to the kingdom. He never said so. And if you look at the stories, you see that a lot of people who followed him, they were not poor people. They were not poor people. Let me just quickly explain that. Now, everything in life has a responsibility. If you are rich, it's a responsibility, all right? When you hear that um, a woman broke an alabaster box of pure nard, that is a costly perfume, equivalent of today, in today's money, in Naira, is something between 600,000 and 1 million Naira. That was the cost of that jar of perfume. How do I know? A working man, all right, a, a hired laborer, that cost was 300 of his day's wage. That was the cost of a jar of what? Perfume that somebody had in the house. Did you get what I said? She picked it from a shelf. Did not save up money to buy it. She had it in the, the house. The Lord had come. She went there, picked it, and broke it. She was using it normally. What was remarkable was that she smashed it for one use. Otherwise, she would have gone like everybody else, dipped something inside. <laughs> that thing may have lasted a whole year. Do you get the point? They were not poor people. The cloth that Jesus wore, somebody gave it to him. Somebody made it. And I knew it was valuable because... Before they realized it was woven entirely, the soldiers wanted a piece of each, each. And they were not planning to sell it. Souvenir. It wasn't souvenir. It was like, this is cloth. This is material. Do you get my point? That was what he wore. Now, Bishop Wedekbo said something. Well, I don't know whether it's true or false. But he said, why did they need Judas to kiss him? All the disciples had one. <laughs> that they were all dressed in the same fashion. That was why they needed Judas to kiss him. If everybody wore a t-shirt, all right, and dirty pairs of jeans, and only he came in a money suit, you know who Jesus is. Together, the guy in a money, that's him. <laughs> now, I don't know whether that is true or false, but that's what somebody said. I'm just trying to tell you something. So you see that the Lord was not saying that those who have more cash than average are going to hellfire. He never said that. The man that had him buried, buried him in a private sepulcher. Now, so this is the point I'm going to make. So when the Lord was speaking, okay, it definitely wasn't saying that people who have resources, more than average, were going to hellfire. In fact, I am persuaded 
that when he said, when he, when he sent the disciples two by two, he said, when you get to the house of the man that's worthy, do you understand? Stay in that house. Yes, the man should have a good reputation around. Is this a go to the house of an arm robber? You know, that is, the people say, ah, that guy is coming from the house of a thief to come and preach. No. But I believe that part of what he was saying, when he's talking about worthy, the person had to be able to afford to keep you. You don't go to the house of a man that him and his three children or five children are staying in one room. Don't go and disturb anybody. So these are the things to just let you know that he was not against people having money, being financially successful. But the fact is this. Money is dangerous. Material things are dangerous. They tend to take a man's eyes away from the treasure in heaven, which is his faith. Are you getting my point? Material things do that. They remove you. That is, when, it, when somebody is sick, you know you can pay for any doctor. You, you're getting what I'm saying? You know. You know you can pay for any doctor. All right? Oh, a woman is pregnant. is about to deliver. The husband is well-to-do. She's in the best hospital. Gotten the professor, the gynecologist to wait. And they will wait. I mean, if you are shelling out pepper, any doctor will wait. The baby is not sick. Nobody is expecting any complication. The pediatrician is on standby. Why? The anesthetist will come because madame must not feel pain. Jabbed all kinds of things. Why? The man has money. So when his wife is going into labor, he hardly remembers to invoke a blessing. He can pay for the best hospitals around. <laughs> but when a man doesn't have it, Thank you. Zagala gogo begele. Madu gudu gudu guduga. The word of God says in Isaiah chapter 66, in verse 9, will I bring to the point of birth and not give delivery in the name of Jesus? Some of these faiths are, sti- they are stimulated by force. <laughs> like Corey Blake said once. Because when he comes to Africa, say he sees miracles. The kind of miracles doesn't see in America. You go pray, pray, pray. Your prayer just stick for your hand. They lay hands from now till tomorrow. Mm, the man has health insurance. <laughs> he said, but when he comes to Africa, ha. So he asked a man once, what is going on? The man said, here, we have a choice. Believe God or die. <laughs> There's no third option. That is what material things do. It's, look, look, listen, listen, listen. It's something you have to fight deliberately. Paul had to write to Timothy. Instruct those who are rich in this present world not to be conceited or have their hope fixed on riches because riches are unreliable. They're uncertain. So instruct them to keep their faith in God. For them, it's a deliberate act. They must wake up every day. Take money and look at money. In Jesus' name, you are a servant in this house. I will not put my faith on you. They have to do it deliberately. So one of the manifestations I talked about last time is generosity. So they treat money with disdain. They have to. They have to treat it with disdain. They will spend and give to a point where they will be broke. They have to. If they don't, they don't have a choice. Faith is going to leave the heavens and return to the earth. Their faith will do that. That is, their faith instead of being locked in heaven, it will lock on the earth. 
That is the problem with material things. It kills faith. So if we want to operate the economy of God, that's one thing we do. We deliberately make sure our faith is in heaven. We do things every day. Now, I said something earlier. This heaven is real. It's not a joke. Jesus said, lay up treasure there. When he said to a man, sell all you have and give to the poor. This is my understanding. Because that's how things work. He wasn't saying that this money you have given will be kept for you in heaven. What he was saying is that when a man doesn't have money on the earth and he gives out his money because of my instruction, he's building up faith in heaven. That is the treasure. That is the treasure he can put in heaven. He cannot carry money and send it ahead of him to heaven. It doesn't work. Because if it worked, the rich man will have an advantage over the poor man. It doesn't work like that. What am I saying? Total faith for finances is that we must consciously operate by the economy of heaven. If I say this, you surprise some people. There are some insurance policies you should not have. Some, I said. I need to say some because you must understand there are some things that are required by law. So let's just get it clear. Do you get my point? If a bank is going to lend you money to do something, they want everything insured. It's not because of you, it's because of them. But there are some insurance policies that Christians are not supposed to take for the simple reason that it is putting their faith on the earth and they only require it because they are not insured above. Faith is real. Listen, Jesus spoke more about money than any other thing I've been told and I've found it to be true. And one of the things I found out is that that is one place where faith is really tested. When I tell Christians, you don't need savings. They think that, what are you talking about? Yes, I mean it. That's what Jesus said. Save up money. You know, your children are growing. He said, take no thought for the morrow. That was what he said. Sufficient unto the day. He said is what? The evil thereof. Which means, if I have money and I'm thinking of my children, it is how they will go to school now. It's how they will feed now. It's how comfortably they will live now. I must not say this money is for their future. And I deny the poor person around the help I could have given. Because I'm saving for my children's future. Listen to me. Let me quickly say it. You don't pay God off. Say, I have helped 10 uh, uh, poor people. So now, no. It's faith we're talking about. You don't pay him off. You can't pay him off. You can't say, I've given to a hundred people. Now let me now keep this one for the future of my children. You are still breaking his law that says do not have any care about their future. You are still breaking his law. As I was saying earlier, this offering thing, you can't pay God off. There is no paying God off with money. You cannot say, I have given. Now I can use the rest. It does not exist. How money is not your own? Who gave it to you? From where? Do you know the meaning of the word life? You don't know what it means. You don't know where it came from. You woke up one day, you found out you have been born. You were kept alive till now, you don't know why. You don't negotiate with him. I have given you this portion, and the rest I cannot do what I want to do. That is not Christianity. That's Judaism. That was the only way God could relate with Jews. With believers? He said, by my spirit, I will control every dime that comes into your pocket. You operate by faith all the time. Listen, you cannot 
I'm going to say some things. I'm just talking plenty. See, the worst system which many of us plant in is based on lack of faith. It's based on the fact that tomorrow may be bad. It's based on the fact that God does not have charge of tomorrow. He said, but God allows that system. I'll tell you why. Because Paul said it simply, not all men have faith. And God is not wicked to those that don't have faith. He's still kind to them. So he said, put in a system for those that don't have faith. But for those who want to go for faith, they don't need that system. They don't need that system. They don't need that system. I pray that we'll get it. That faith, like I said the other time, talking about the future of children, what do they need? Is a blessing from their father. That's what they need. Their hands are kept on them. You place hands on them. You make a, a petition before the father for them. Listen. Jacob left home with nothing. He returned rich 20 years later. He left home with nothing, materially speaking. But the blessing that he connected with did genetic engineering for him when it was necessary. When he had to negotiate with Laban, God came down and rearranged the genes of animals that their skin might change. (laughs) Why? Because the man was walking with a blessing. Please, parents, go and listen to that series, How to Bless Your Children. I said, the poor and the rich, they have one thing in common. God is the maker of them all. That is the rich man that has faith. The poor man that has faith, when he places his hand on his child and says to the child, you will succeed. If it takes Dangote to call Bill Gates to start a school for one boy, they will have to do it. So that that man's word will not fail. That the boy is leaving home. I read the story of um, E.V. Hills. That's his name. That was going to school. His mother or his grandmother was asleep. When he was leaving, the mother said to him, God will provide for you. <laughs> she didn't have money. She just said to him, God will provide for you. He was on a queue to pay. He didn't have money. Somebody called him aside. I used to ask person, come, your fees have been paid. Sign here. The mother said, God we provide for you. You see, my message is that these things are real. People are just not planting seeds inside them. They plant seeds every day in the worldly system. The world, listen, God has allowed the world to have many systems to help people that don't have faith. Except required by law. Build up your faith and make sure you don't need them. It's very important. When I say it's required by law, for example, I give an example. Vehicle insurance is a law. But I'm talking about where you put your hope and your faith. The systems of the world, they are designed for those who don't have faith. Many of them have evolved to entrench in people that there is no God. That the future is an accident. It can happen anyhow. It can go to the left. It can go to the right. So hedge your bets. But we believers understand that God is alive. He is well. And our future is in his hands. That nothing will happen to my children by accident. Nothing. Listen, they do not need my money. 
laid out for them. They don't. They need favor from above. That when God says, I can do it's time to do this, he will, he will raise up help from anywhere, rearrange structures, change things, so that the word that I blessed him with, the prayers I prayed over his life, none will fail. That is faith. We cannot continue to sow into earthly system. And then when we are in distress later, that's what happens to Christians. They put all their hope in the banks, then one day the banks collapse. They rush to the pastor and say, pray. The pastor prays, but God said, I can't answer. Proverbs chapter 1. I can't answer. Why can't I answer? Because the seed was sown, was sown in the flesh. The seed was sown into the world system. The world system is down. I'm sorry. You have to go down with it. And there's nothing he can do. What he can just do is that, listen, I will give you your life as a booty. I'll give you a second chance. You start again. But bros, down you are going. I cannot reward bad behavior. I can forgive it, but I don't reward it. I said something, that heaven system is real. I'm looking at my time. There are some other things I want to say, but let me see. Let me introduce this other one. It will pay you if you are guilty. <laughs> but it's the word of God. I have to preach it. I'm, I'm going to get very practical about it. Total fit for finances. Sometimes, Nigerians say life is hard. They say things are difficult. So they now get up, pack their bags, and go to a place that is easier. Not only Nigerians, people do it all over the world. Then they now kneel down there and say, God, bless me in this land. God said, me? Do I exist? Do you think I have power to bless people? If you did, you wouldn't be here without talking to me first. If you did, you wouldn't be here without discussing with me. You would have asked me simply, is this where you want me to be? Do you want me to go? You don't get there first and start telling me, bless me. Am I your servant or you are my servant? Be careful before you just get up, pack, listen. I said what? Be careful. Because you don't start in the flesh and perfect in the spirit. You don't. That's what I mean by total faith. You cannot get up and say, "Uh let me believe God when I get there. Because, "Uh -uh, you believe me? Here. Here we start discussing. Isaac got up at a time and said the land is hard. So he went to Gera on his way to Egypt. And God said, don't go to Egypt. There are two kinds of Isaacs, if I may use that expression. (laughs) There's an Isaac that said, God, you don't know how this country is. Doing business in this country is hard. Electricity supply is hard. Corruption is plenty. You don't know what's going on here. There is famine in this land. God, please, let's have this discussion we'll get to Egypt. Then they get to Egypt, rent a house, sit down, say, God, now let's talk. In this land, you will bless me. I'll give you a cut. How far? And God is looking at the fellow like, what? Are you talking to me? He said, Lord, you see, if you bless me, we share the money. 
I will bless your children, the ones that couldn't get a visa. Back in Gera and, and the promised land. Let me stay in Egypt. Just prosper me here. You take your devourer and send for the blessing. That is how we behave. It sounds like a joke, but you know that's exactly what we do. There's some people, even, they are very annoying. They now call you from England, call from the U.S., and say, what are you still doing in that country? The God that is keeping you there is blessing me here. Now listen, when people abroad talk sometimes, they irritate my soul. I feel like, listen, you think the system is keeping you alive. The Bible says that when God withdraws his spirit, people expire. It is that God that's keeping us alive here. It's not Buhari. It's not him. It's not the health system. It's nothing. It is that every day we wake up in the morning, we raise our hands to heaven and worship the Lord. And we thank him for the gift of life. And we prophesy over the day. And we say, today you will be good. What am I trying to say? Total faith. You cannot run from a difficult place. Get to where you claim is easy. Then you start praying for a blessing. The prayer started too late. Pray before you shift. Before you leave one job and go to another one, pray. Get divine approval. Get it. Can't get to where life is. And that's you think you are walking by faith. You are not walking by faith. You have no faith. That is why he said, a time will come, you will call, I will not answer. Many people, Christians are calling today, it's as if God is not answering. Why? God said, the time I told you to plant the seed of faith, you did not. You're walking by human senses. You're walking by natural, you know, schemings. You're now saying to me that now that I've finished planting my seed, I planted corn, but God, I want to harvest tomatoes. And I said, you are God that can do anything. You will turn my corn to tomatoes for me. That is what the Bible calls mocking God. You're trying to make a fool of him. He said, behold, God does not allow himself to be mocked. If you planted corn, you will reap corn. If God couldn't bless you, didn't have enough faith for him to bless you, where you think things are hard. Get to where you think things are easy. Go and ask this woman now. Naomi. Ask Elimelech. You know what happened to them? When Israel was hard, they ran to Moab. When they go to, go to Moab, Shalom married, Malon married, Elimelech died, Malon died, Shalom died. They didn't have children yet. Finally, you know what Naomi said? They said, Naomi, which I think, Naomi sounds like pleasant. She said, no, call me Mara, which means bitter. She said, because I left full, I have returned empty. Do you know what I think happened? I think God looked at Elimelech. I said, Elimelech, take it easy. This hardship is temporal. Take it easy. One man said something. He said that that was the time. That it was the time that Israel needed a prophet. He said it was a time that Israel needed men to teach them the fear of God. He was trying to explain something. I'm not very sure of the, the chronology now. But he said that was the time that this man left. That the time of difficulty in the land, when he was supposed to take up certain responsibilities, he disappeared. He claimed 
Yeah, that was when Hannah prayed and Samuel was born. Now, I don't know. That, that's just what he said. All right? I'm quoting what somebody said. I've not bothered to check it myself. But the story was trying to say is that, listen, don't run away because of hardship. From, I mean, by next week or two, our book, Don't Quit the Army, will be out. Because in the book, I try to teach Christians, don't quit the army. Don't run up and down because things are hard. Hardship is what you are supposed to take. First thing faith does for you is to help you and to be able to withstand trouble before it delivers you out of it. Did you hear what I said? When you pray, God first gives you the peace of God that passes all understanding before he gives you money. Until you have received his peace, you are not prospering. An agitated man, an agitated woman does not get the blessing of God. That's why God will always come and say, fear not. Why didn't he just take away the fear? He will say, don't be afraid. And the cause of fear is still there. He said, don't be afraid. Because he can't take away the cause of fear as long as they are afraid. Until your heart is rested in him, his miracle can't come into your life. I hope you've gotten my point. I think I've spoken enough for today. I hope you followed me fully. You've understood everything I said. All right, the Lord is good. Can I just bow our heads and just say, Lord, thank you for your truth. Thank you for liberty. Thank you for the liberating truth that we have in you. Thank you for his economy. Thank him that heaven is real. Heaven is not a joke. It's not a figment of our imagination. It's where God dwells. Jesus said, our Father, who art in heaven. That's how, that's how he taught us to pray. Our Father, he is in heaven. Our Father, who art in heaven. Our Father, that the heaven is real. Say, Father, thank you. Say, my Father, my Father, thank you because your throne is real. The place of your abode is real. That is where my treasure is. My treasure is my faith. It is in you. It is in you. It is in you. It is in you. Therefore, I will not be afraid. Say to the Lord. All right? Say, Lord, therefore, I will not be afraid. Declare. Say, this earth is beneath me. The material things, they are beneath me. I walk in heavenly places. I walk in heavenly places. I walk with God. I walk with... The Bible says that Enoch walked with God. He walked with God. And he rode above the circumstances of life. You understand? And he walked into the heavens. Say, I walk with God. I am above alone. I am not beneath. My faith, my faith is in him alone. My faith is in God. My faith is in my Father. My treasure is in heaven. Say, no matter what I don't have on the earth, doesn't matter. Listen, all my needs will be met. I will achieve what God wants me to achieve. I will accomplish all that he wants me to accomplish. Oh, faith is all that is needed. So no matter what I have, I refuse to look at those things. I look to my God alone. No matter who I know, I refuse to look at them. I look at my God alone. Listen, be bold to make requests of him. Be bold to make requests of him. Be bold. Be bold to make requests of him. Because he's alive, he's well, heaven is real. He will take care of you. He will take care of your children. He will take care of all that concerns you. The Bible says he delights in the prosperity of his servant. Oh, he delights. That's what he says. It makes him happy to see you do well. And he can make you do well in a land that is dry. He said Isaac sowed in that land. And the same year, he reaped a hundredfold. The same year, he reaped a hundredfold. And the man became rich. And he continued to grow richer until he became very wealthy. That will be your testimony. If you make it, just be bold to ask him. Don't look at the hindrances. He looked at Jeremiah and said, do not say, I am a youth. 
The Lord is saying to you today, stop, stop uttering your hindrances. Stop saying it. Stop saying it. Stop saying it. Stop. 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 Put your faith in him alone and let your hope be on him alone. Your expectation is from heaven. Say, Lord, thank you. Because you are there in my heaven. And I'm seated with you, riding with you. Give him thanks for that today. In the name of Jesus Christ. Father, we give you thanks.